0: Hello, we are Out Loud with Kai, Elena, and Mia, and today we will discuss and answer questions regarding sex and sexual health from students. Um, So let's dive right in. Um, We actually got this question kind of a lot. Um, Does the ribbing on some condoms actually do anything? And for those who aren't familiar, there are different kinds of condoms with different textures um, Mm -hmm. intended for um, the receptive partner's pleasure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, technically, the ribbing or whatever design may be on the condom can add additional friction, which could equal more pleasure for both the insertive and the receptive partner. And many report that um, sometimes that they can feel it, but also a lot report that they can't really tell the difference when they're using a ribbed condom versus um, just a a studded condom or a regular condom. Um, And that the ribs and studs, honestly, they're just extra latex. So, a lot of times they can just go unnoticed. Um, But at the end of the day, it's just up to personal preference. If you feel like you like sex better or enjoy sex better when you use a ribbed condom, then, like, that's totally valid. And and maybe you can feel that difference. And maybe some people really don't care. And I think that's okay. So Mm -hmm. it's just different preferences, different condoms. And if you're interested or intrigued on how you feel about different condoms or different types of, like, ribbed or studded designs, you can experiment with them maybe and compare them. It could be a fun little bedroom activity with you and your partner or partners.
2: Period. <laughs> um. And then the next question was, can you get genital herpes from oral sex with someone with oral herpes? And the short answer is yes, you can. Um. But yeah, you can get herpes from someone if they don't have an active outbreak or any visible sores. Um, in this case, dental dams would probably be a good option or just choosing like a different sexual activity um, or position or anything. Um, but yeah, and sometimes condoms like the dent or The dental dams may not cover the area completely. So it's really important to be aware of that. Um, They may not be able to protect you 100%. Yeah,
1: I think it's scary. Yeah. It is. I think oral sex is hard or oral, oral herpes and genital herpes, oral sex, like all kind of is complicated because honestly, a large number of the population can have herpes, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: 10 to 12 percent, actually. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> so it is important to just be aware of our status to get tested regularly. Um, if you notice any any sores, especially in your mouth, genitals, etc., maybe just like skip out on oral sex for that day just to be extra like extra cautious. Or, again, using, um, you know, dental dams or sex dams that are larger and cover the area completely and just, like, keep updated, keep keep in communication with our partner or partners. Make
2: sure your partner knows. (laughs) Yeah,
1: 100%. And if we do know that we do have herpes and we're wanting to, you know, protect ourselves and our partners, like, there is medication that we can take that does reduce the risk um, of potentially spreading that. So it's just, again, important to just, you know communicate and test and, and to, to know ahead of time so we can, you know, be cautious about us and our partner's safeties. Mm -hmm. So our next question is how long can you wear a condom?
0: Well, okay. So (laughs) one condom should really be used for each time that you have sex. Um, it's not necessarily like ideal to keep wearing them. Um, around until you, you go again. Like it, it's a lot better like hygienically and just like reducing the risk that the condom will break to um change uh the condom with every round or even if you're going a super long round, some people say that if you're having sex for like a very long period of time, you may want to change the condom like 30 to 45 minutes in. Yeah. Uh, because we know that friction can weaken a condom. So just like to reduce any of those risks, mm-hmm. um it's important to change them regularly. And I know a lot of people will like Ejaculate and go for another round and want to save 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 some of that money, and, money. and go in again, um, but that's like really not great now. Um, so change your condoms, folks. You can <laughs> a million of them it sex out loud. So. Yeah. All these free condoms you can yeah. use. Yeah, they, and they expire, so that you need like use them them. up you know
1: (laughs) yeah i think another thing going off that too is that every every time you have sex yes you should change them but then also different sexual acts so you don't want to be using the same condom for a blowjob, vaginal sex and anal sex like all in the same go because we don't want to be mixing those bacteria so it's also important even if you're like still in the same like short sexual session like you still potentially would want to to change your condom depending on what activities you're doing because you don't Mm -hmm. really want to go back and forth using the same condom it defeats the purpose of protection and you know we also don't want the bacteria to be shared especially anally and vaginally
0: yes um another common faq we got was does being drunk really affect how easily slash how hard it is to orgasm or essentially, does drugs and alcohol affect orgasms?
2: And so, yes, alcohol does affect our ability to feel sexual stimulation. And it does make it harder, or it could make it harder to ejaculate or cum. Um, and it can also make it harder to, like, maintain an erection and all that. Um, and in the long term, drinking too much on the regular can also cause permanent damage and erectile dysfunction. Um, and with alcohol and drugs in general, it can make it really difficult to like, have consent and make sure that you have consent. So it's just kind of, like, a tricky, like, situation to be in, I guess. Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think the main part is just communication and, you know, knowing how you're feeling when you're drunk or you're using recreational drugs. It can be kind of hard. It can be kind of messy, but just like, especially when it comes to feeling sexual stimulation, I think a lot of people assume that it's easier to have sex or easier to hook up if you're like drinking or using drugs or it might like make it more fun, which like, sure it could, could, but also like, you know, of course, like, drugs and alcohol can, you know, reduce our stimulation so mm-hmm. it can make sex less
2: pleasurable as well. You can't feel what's going on as much and yeah. you right. can't like, know how your body is responding. You ever
0: mm-hmm. been fucking and you get, like, the head spins when you're drunk? <laughs> it's The worst. <laughs> the worst.
1: Yeah, so I mean, yeah, drugs and alcohol, especially in the college, like, you know, culture, like, it can, we think it makes things more fun. It's just, like, what's happening when people are hooking up, but it also can, like, make the sexual experience less pleasurable. It can affect you in the long term. Yeah. But, of course, like, we recognize, like, we're on a college campus. Like, it's happening. It does happen. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. No. Um, If you are having sex when you're using drugs or alcohol, um, as long as you are, you're making sure... You have consent and that you're both you know okay in that space yeah
2: um the next question that we got was rather than faking an orgasm how do you tell someone you're not feeling pleasure without hurting their feelings
0: i love this question <laughs> um essentially like it's all about communication like your partner or like will never know what they're doing wrong unless you know they're they're informed mm-hmm. but um you can definitely frame it. We we can frame it in a way that says, like, I like when you do this rather than saying, like, I don't like when you do that. Don't do that. Because we want to make sure... Um, because performance anxiety is very mm-hmm. real, especially mm-hmm. in the, uh, the bedroom. So um, kind of to- empowering your partner to do <laughs> something a little different could be great. Um, and there there's also, like, a lot of psychological roadblocks to arousal. So if... Um, we're experiencing any of these, we may want to like talk to our partner about our roadblocks or why we might find um, find difficulty achieving the pleasure that we want.
1: Mm-hmm. So we
0: might need to ask for more, more eye contact, more reassurance, more foreplay, or we might need to ask for less. Um, this is why exploring like our pleasure and our own needs is super important. Um, I like I encourage like masturbation because mm-hmm. you can figure out what you like without the pressure of someone else being there yeah, necessarily right.
2: so you'll know exactly what to mm-hmm. tell them or like help them or guide them through yeah. with yeah and
0: um also uh we can watch porn with our partners as well and mm-hmm. like point out oh i like that this they did this and like you know you can you, can drop, some idea. <laughs> yeah, you can drop some <laughs> hints if you don't want to be super explicit mm-hmm. because i know i struggle being explicit with my sexual partners um mm-hmm. but there are definitely ways that we can we can encourage pleasure
1: yeah i think also to like maybe your partner is feeling a similar way especially if you there's not like an open line of communication mm-hmm. so like you could also ask them what they like and maybe mm-hmm. that will like prompt a conversation that's like oh like i never really thought about that like what do you like in the bedroom yeah. so it could yeah. go both ways and hopefully mm-hmm. make you know sex more pleasurable for for all parties um, and it won't just
2: be, like, you're doing this badly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. no one, like, that's hard,
1: hard to yeah. hear. <laughs> there are also a bunch of quizzes out there, too, that, like, both you and a partner can take to kind of determine, like, what you're both interested in. And then, like, anonymously, you can, like, kind of say what you're interested in without, like, having to, you know, talk to them. Because, like, we also recognize, like... Conversations can be really hard, especially if we're technology. not. <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> they are. The so you can, you know, just send a quick link and be like, hey, let's take this like cute little sexy quiz and see what we should try. Cause then, you know, you- it will only like match you with um, what you and your partner both indicated that you're wanting to try or mm-hmm. do or like both of your maybes. Um, so there are a lot of quizzes out there. Um, and if you're interested, look those up. Um, I think that can be a really fun way to have these conversations in the bedroom and to, you know, explore new ideas potentially.
0: cute. Um, Okay, our next question is, if you need a guy to go deeper with his penis, but he physically cannot, how do you make it feel deeper or more pleasurable?
2: So there are add-ons that people can buy, um, like the penis extender or even a penis sleeve. Um, But we also recommend just playing with different sex toys with your partner to receive the pleasure that you're looking for together. Um, It doesn't necessarily have to be an add-on to their penis it could just be like a toy that they use or you use together um and it can be a nice little bonding time
1: (laughs) right yeah I think like it can be like very shameful especially if we're like you know concerned about penis length or size Um, But it doesn't have to be like, that's why Mm -hmm. sex toys exist. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, at the end of the day, like, penises can't be like a million feet long. Like, who knows? Like, there are some pretty big dildos out there. And like, it's not necessarily realistic. But like, that's why toys exist. We can have fun. We can try new things. And, you know, I don't I don't think it has to be like a huge, like a shameful thing to to want to try to experience those new things. And Mm -hmm. just like, you know, being open and communicate honestly with our partners
2: um, can hopefully make those conversations easier as well. Okay, especially if, like, you're like, this is just your one partner. Like, one person can never give you everything that you need. So if their penis is not long enough, like, that's not... It shouldn't be a shameful thing for them, especially because, yeah, like, there's always going to be things that we can't provide for each other. And that's why there's toys. And that's where there's, like, all these other different things that people can try. And you shouldn't... Like, don't feel bad about it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, 100%. Um. So our next question is, how do I stop my partner from coming so quickly?
0: Yeah. So we definitely recommend. Um, there there are a couple things. Uh, that we can do. This is definitely a common experience and definitely not a problem. It can be easily addressed. Sometimes there are underlying issues that can lead to this, but um, there are some measures that we can take to make sure that um, we're getting the most pleasurable experience that we want. So first, uh, if our partner masturbates one to two hours before having sex, this can definitely increase the duration of our um, sexual intercourse. Additionally, using a condom or a thicker condom can help decrease sensation and make that um, process go a little bit longer. Um, Cock rings also restrict blood flow and can often um, not only make... uh, more sensitive but I'll also like kind of decrease some of that um sensation um or in der- I wanted to say long live even <laughs> that's not where I wanted to go with that but um yeah just make the make our sexual intercourse last a little bit longer additionally studies have found that taking a deep deep breath to briefly shut down the ejaculatory reflex which is an automatic reflex of the body during which you ejaculate can really help and breathing in general i just want to say like helps with master or orgasms in general like mm-hmm. whether you're masturbating um having sexual intercourse no matter what you identify as deep breathing has a lot of like positive um effects uh, uh when we're having sex. Additionally, uh having sex with um our partner on top to allow them to pull away like when you're close to ejaculating mm-hmm. is can also be um a method that that is done like and I also call this um communication <laughs> because uh if he signals before he's going to com- come you can like take a break, you can
1: mm-hmm.
0: um you can definitely prolong it a little yeah. bit longer. Um and taking breaks
1: um, to elongate the session, yeah,
0: is important. Regardless. Edging,
1: yes, edging, <laughs> and like, that can kind
0: of often make
1: the orgasm even a more intense. Yeah, mm-hmm. so lots so um, of fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so moving on to our next question: How to make period sex more enjoyable? I think this one's like a like an easy one to answer, but it is kind of hard. It has a lot of different. Um, I think, things going on with this question, I I think a lot of folks, like, are potentially nervous to have sex when they're on their period because I think, like, especially, like, in our just society and culture, like, when we have our periods, like, it's almost like a shameful thing. Mm -hmm. Like, people are already so nervous to just, like, casually pull out a condom to, or not a condom, a tampon (laughs) to change their tampon. And it's just, like, a thing. And I think, like, you know, that leak leads to people not wanting to have sex on their period or, like, feeling shameful about that. But, like, I think that that you know it does happen and it's normal but like we shouldn't have all this anxiety and build up and feeling ashamed of our bodies for doing something that you know is completely normal and mm-hmm. happens a lot of a lot mm-hmm. it happens pretty regularly to a large portion of you know our population so just getting into it some people of course don't like it but some people may find it really enjoyable Um, It's not for everyone, but also like, you know, communication is key. So there are a lot of benefits though, so it can make sex a lot better. It's natural lubrication, so it can make um, sex a little bit more fun. Um, It also can potentially lead to shorter periods because there's going to be more blood expelled um, because of the contractions that happen when we orgasm. And it can also be a little bit of like a pain relief because when we do orgasm, we release endorphins that make us and our, our bodies feel good. So it can have a lot of positive effects on us. Um... It can also be more enjoyable, too, because our libido changes due to the hormones that are in our body and the hormone changes. Um, so sometimes sex can be even more pleasurable. Some people report that they're, they they just feel more horny when they're on their period. And then some people report that they don't feel horny at all and they don't at all want um, to be having sex. It's like the last thing on their mind. So I think at the end of the day, communication is the most important part and just like enjoying this process um, and then for the actual um, sex I think just having like a towel or having mm-hmm. sheets that like oh like I know I'm on my period so like these are like the sheets I use if that happens because then you're just not concerned about a mess potentially which I yeah. think can like you know reduce our, our nerves when we're potentially engaging in period sex or even shower sex that can be an easy way to like you know stay clean and have fun um, if you're nervous about the blood. Um, And then wearing condoms as well to help as an extra barrier.
0: And that's on period.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So our next question is, does nonverbal consent count?
0: Absolutely. But, like, okay, this is a hard one. Uh, because nonverbal consent, it, like, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, truth is, it looks different for everybody, but essentially, yes, nonverbal consent does count, but you have to express, like, a clear willingness to engage in sexual contact without using words. Now, some of these examples could be, like, a head nod, I don't know, a little thumbs up, <laughs> pulling someone closer, <laughs> nodding <good>. yes, <laughs> uh, making direct eye contact, actively touching someone, initiating the sexual activity. There are a couple ways, but... Body language is super different for everyone, and relying on it alone can be potentially problematic. So if we're not sure we're getting a clear, enthusiastic yes from our partner, it's our responsibility to ask. It's, it's part of consent is to be informed and to be enthused and to be comfortable. So it's super important that we're not only just relying on body signals if it's unclear.
2: And also, you should not assume that you have consent because someone is not physically resisting or verbally refusing your sexual, like, contact or your sexual initiation. Like, I think sometimes people can be uncomfortable, but they may not vocalize it. And Mm -hmm. I think it's always good to check in um, and not just be like, okay, well, I got this consent or I got this, like, nod or this, "Mm mm-hmm once and then not check in the entire time like that's not like that could also be very problematic and people could just be uncomfortable and they just didn't feel like they could say anything or they didn't want to say anything and you kind of prompting them is always a really good thing to do just to always check in um and to show obviously that you care and you want them to be comfortable and have a pleasurable experience um But yeah, like staying silent, saying nothing, turning your head or having your body away from you, pushing you away, like not participating or avoiding the touch. Like that's obviously like, those are very big signs of like, I don't really want this right now. Um, But yeah, like consent shouldn't always, it shouldn't be inferred. Um, You should always ask if you're unsure. That's just like the biggest thing. Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for these questions. Um, In this episode, we answered and discussed questions from students regarding sex and sexual health. And we just want people to remember that all questions are valid and there are no stupid questions, especially when it comes to sex, sexual health, and pleasure. You can't know what you don't know. Thanks.